BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hello, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. Got another great episode for you. A bunch of stuff to get to. But first, we have a pretty... High update. Uh-oh. <laughs> the cocaine of the White House. Whose was it? The crack team at the Secret Service. <laughs> Hello. They boy. have said that they don't know. Ooh. And they Wait. refused to figure it out. There you, was no what? DNA sample taken. There was no fingerprints taken. So the Secret Service has said, we simply cannot identify the suspect hmm. who left cocaine in the White House. So if you are in the mood to go poison the president, apparently now is <laughs> the time great. to do it. Yeah, because the Secret Service <laughs> literally can't even make up somebody. Yeah. Just blame it on the maid. Blame it on the maid or As the Secret always. Service. Isn't there like a register? Don't you have to sign in? Yeah, it's, we... it's technically There's a horrible that. sign that the Secret Service, air quotes, wasn't able to find a suspect <laughs> yeah. because I'm sure they did. And I think the fingers probably pointed to someone in the Secret <laughs> oh, Service. Oh, dear. Mm. You want me to protect the president or not? Do you have any idea how hopped up you have to be to jump in front of a bullet? <laughs> yeah, right. That's the thing. You can't be all you can't be on weed. Being on Secret Service, man, you're just going to be there like, man, this is bullshit. Oh, I got one, boys. Uh Uh-huh. It's coming from inside the White House. There it is, indeed. Oh, tweet him. That would be interesting if the White House was the one that in the basement of it was just a massive distribution center for (laughs) cocaine and crack cocaine accessories. Mm. CIA says what? So Mm -hmm. they have a sophisticated FBI crime lab. They have that analysis capable uh, they have that. That is a capable analysis that they have. It's right. the F- FBI crime lab, and they still weren't able to identify a suspect. Hmm. Uh, of course, the substance was found during a White House sweep on July second, and uh, they say it's heavily trafficked. So you just don't know. Literally trafficked by traffickers of drugs. No cameras. Not one in the library. I guess not. So the Secret Service Hmm. says, without physical evidence, the investigation will not be able to single out a person of interest from the hundreds of individuals who passed through the vestibule where the cocaine was discovered. Hmm. Cocaine gate? Closed (laughs) for now. So anyway... Someone should probably get it back. They, you know, if they receive a knock on the door at like midnight, be like, "Did you find anything?" <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, of course, going to make this extremely political. He says there's no equal justice. Hmm. He's real upset about uh, not not having equal justice under the law. Oh, uh, I don't know if he really <laughs> gives a shit. I'm going to assume he doesn't. He just says anything revolving around Biden Inc gets treated differently than any other Americans, and that's got to stop. There you go. Wow. Hmm. It makes me think of all those Republicans that definitely got away with snorting a bunch of cocaine in their offices. (laughs) Yes, and of course, there was a great article published recently about drug use in the Oval Office, and it does highlight the Willie Nelson smoking a big old joint on top, I believe, of the Nixon White House. The Carter? Was that Carter? Yeah, because I I, I saw that picture. It's Jimmy Carter, Willie Nelson. Honestly, I'd like to get in on that rotation. (laughs) Yeah, this did take a lot of time to get no information. The bag of cocaine was sent to a secondary, more sensitive lab analysis, Mm -hmm. Homeland Security's 
National Biodefense Analysis and Countermeasure Center. Oh, yeah. We want to make sure it's not anthrax. Here, uh, snort all of it. <laughs> it's really important that they did all of this and they analyzed it for any bio threats. And they said it came back negative for bio threats. So oh, okay. not very good cocaine. No, well, how pure? That was going to be my next yeah, question. That's how? the next thing the Secret Service like, tested. And they said it's real pure. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know whose it is. <laughs> they did put together a list of hundreds of individuals oh. who may have accessed the area. And again, the lab results did not turn up fingerprints or DNA. Hmm. So agents can't compare anything to possible to the possible suspect pool. It's a fun game of uh, who did it in the White House. Well, either way, I just feel bad for the person who lost their bag of cocaine. Sure. Well, it seems like if they're in the White House, they could probably get another bag of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, the White House. Uh, I guess, no, you know what? Now that I think about it, being coked up in the White House would be fun. Yeah. Woo! All those halls. And, yeah. yeah, all the halls. And they're like, is that a secret door? And just pull in all the books. See which one makes the uh, makes the bookshelf Where's open. Where's Nixon's bowling alley? I got something to do down there. It's a basketball court now. What? Do you remember Obama? that? Well, that was a culture war moment that everyone has forgotten about. It seems super sweet now. In 2008, when Obama took the office uh, with Biden as VP, obviously, uh, he changed the bowling alley to a basketball court, and there was a lot of not so subtle racism America, yes. that went on because you of could, it. Yeah, America was never the same again. It no. was never the same. It was not. It to was be not. fair, I'm I I do romanticize the idea of a bowling alley in the White House, doing drugs, smoking cigars, but basketball. I would much prefer my president to be able to play that. You're right, yeah. it's very athletic. Can you? I don't think. I don't think Biden's been down there dribbling at any time. No. Well, soon. he's been dribbling, but it's out of his mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well. All right. So that's the conclusion of Cokegate. We simply don't know that it is Hunter Biden's cocaine. Okay. Other stories taking place this week that aren't so serious. Let's get to it. Robert F. <laughs> Kennedy Jr., he had a big old party, right? This was one of those <laughs> dinner parties you got to spend thousands of dollars to go to. Yeah. And uh, now that's the one you bring your cocaine to. <laughs> that's the one you really want to bring your mm-hmm. cocaine to. Be like, hey, <laughs> you hate vaxes? Apparently, you're going to love this Coke. <laughs> you're going to love this cocaine. Well, that is one of the ironies of some of the people who are anti-vax. Meanwhile, they're right. doing God knows what uh, yes. coffee bean colonics and a whole series <laughs> of other things. Um, so that's why I just allow everything into my body and force my body to figure it the fuck out. <laughs> Get it together. Get it together. Fight it if it's bad. Keep it if it's good. It's up to you, buddy. Be strong. I'm counting on you here. <laughs> so. R.F. Kennedy Jr. It was a fundraiser. Apparently, two old dudes. <laughs> they got into this argument, right? So just they were random old dudes. Just random old dudes like the fucking Muppets, bro. Uh, oh, Stadler <laughs> and Waldorf, heckling R.F.K. Jr. And true. this is this is totally true. So the old guys are fighting, and then the old guys started farting. So that, towards the end of the fight, <laughs> one guy he just had what is called a prolonged bout of flatulence. <laughs> so he just, I didn't know there was a name for that. Yeah, it was. It's it's kind of crazy, you know. And the whole time, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is trying to talk with his, you know, the studded voice, I would say, and then he gets sort of farted down <laughs> by farted this prolonged. Down? Wait, I've heard so of this, a, this ain't good. I've heard of someone farting in the audience. I've heard of a heckler, but I've never heard of someone heckling with farts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I don't know. So the whole thing. So according to gossip columnist Doug Dekert, what a loser. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> for starters, <laughs> uh, the reportedly drunk host of the whole event, um, he was uh, he was talking about a climate hoax. So. Deckert started to yell, the climate hoax, okay? And then his senile screams drew the ire of his longtime friend, art critic, and longtime Daily Beast contributor, Anthony Hayden Guest. Hmm. And then they started to yell at each other uh, over climate change. One person said, shut up. The other person said, (laughs) climate change is a scam. Oh. And then he went on to pollute with his asshole. Oh. The amount of CO2 release. (laughs) Right? Alone. Now, that's wow. why climate change is absolutely real, because of that guy's butt. So, Deckert brought out uh, his secret weapon, a <laughs> booming fart. Oh, my God. That he released while shouting, quote, I'm farting. <laughs> all the while. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> all the while, RFK Jr., he was just watching everything happen. 
And then the guy said, I apologize for using my flatulence as a medium of public commentary in your presence. Oh, my Lord. Now, what is, what is happening? Now, what is happening? What is happening? This is ridiculous. So he tried to win the art. He tried to win it by farting, which I think is actually how we should do the debate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the presidential debate should just be fart, fart, fart. I mean, you might as well. Might They're as full well. of shit anyway. Right. Here we go. That'd be wow. Hell of a goddamn party right there. That I mean, fundraiser. If it's solely fart based, Chris Christie's numbers are going <laughs> up. Oh, baby. Because you know that guy can let him go. I mean, no. Trump, too. All he eats is McDonald's. Exactly. Those I mean, that's just fry yeah, farts. Yeah, those well, fry farts. Ah. Trump does have a good butt, a big buttocks. And of course, when it comes to the fart, Yes, the cavity has a lot to do with it and what's inside, but it the sound is made through the cheek. Yeah, it yes, amplifies the And you the need clap. the big old cheeks. Yeah. So, because Christie would dominate in cheek game but alone. Let's not forget Trump's big old buttocks. We've seen it well golfing. Yeah, I the think golf that, that and could the create photos. Yeah, that could create a, a hell of a ripple. You know, who ironically, is the um, is sort of the dark horse here, Nikki Haley. Oh, because you know the these female women. fart. Well, because females, I worked in bars. Okay, <laughs> women, they don't shit. They do, and they do it all the time. <laughs> and then they also have a bunch of like blood everywhere. <laughs> okay, it is something. And that's so, not all the time. But I, I know what you mean. <laughs> oh, and when you work in a bar bathroom, the women's bathroom, someone is, the, is always there's always yeah, yeah. blood. <laughs> and so Nikki Haley, I could see her. Also, let's not forget two holes. <laughs> if she could combine a queef with a fart, it's a double. That's a doubler. Because wow. then you also have the thigh noise coming through and the buttocks. Interesting. So Ironically could... enough, the person who does the least here is RFK Jr. Because I don't think that he has enough to make a good sound. Right. He's just <laughs> farting through his mouth. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> so, got him. Anyway, that's the biggest news that his campaign has gotten. This, yeah. This isn't story, that sad? That's something. I, I was really trying to understand this story. Because I was I was reading it. I was in, are the men on stage or the men in the right. audience? Yeah. So this just tells me RFK can't even control two old guys farting in his audience. To right. be honest, no one could. <laughs> to right. be frank. I mean, the Muppets couldn't do it. RFK Jr. can't do it. It also kind of shows you his constituency might be skewing older. Oh, a little bit. Mm. Absolutely. Also, as someone who lived in New York forever, I truly just love it was a gossip columnist. And then another dude who works in fashion, and I love this kind of fight. Right, <laughs> I yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. One was a gossip columnist, and the other guy, what was he covered? It was some fashion bullshit, uh, farts and crafts. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it is. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, sticking in the uh, in the news of shit, let's talk my pillow. Obviously, Mike Lindell, Ooh. he uh, was really on Team Trump, and I believe he still is. And basically, he has sacrificed his entire life to Donald Trump for really no freaking reason. Right. Well, he's not getting a lot of sleep lately. As a matter of fact, he's been forced to auction off 700 pieces of company equipment Ooh. ranging from forklifts to office desks and cubicles. Ooh, he really had cubicle. an operation going there. Um, the MyPillow, he, so he got into this, uh, you know, little issue, obviously, with Donald Trump. Right. The Minneapolis Star Tribune said that the auction comes after MyPillow lost $100 million in revenue. Ooh due to big retailers halting sales of the company's products. Now, of course, he blames cancel culture uh, for this, but I think it was probably just bad business when he got himself involved with politics. Look what happened with Bud Light. Uh, and he is certainly not as strong as Anheuser-Busch. No, no. So I don't think it's cancel culture. I think it's more leave your politics away from your company brand at least the best you can. Please. Specifically when your politics are overturning a legitimate election, which yes. was really where he jumped all over it in 2020. 
I'm I'm not trying to judge here, mm-hmm. but I don't know if a crackhead who doesn't get a lot of sleep would know pillows. So well, that's just my. Oh, my I well, like that he did crack. He turned his life around. He did. It's now, a success story oh in God, some ways. But he was in the White House as recently as 2020. He crack. loves crack. I think we should call the Secret Service. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, he says. Uh, Mike Lindell says when it comes to uh, being pulled from Walmart. You know, those lip turds over there oh, right, at Walmart. Right. Real, yeah, you know, they, the they, they they love helping people and giving people a living wage. So they said, you're too conservative for us. We're going to have to get the Daryl Worley uh, clothing collection back, <laughs> wow. which is just the American flag made to fit over large bodies. <laughs> Great. He was also pulled from Bed Bath and beyond. They, Ooh. quote, he, according to him, canceled his product. Uh, he says it was a massive, massive cancellation. We lost $100 million from a tax by the box stores, the shopping networks, the shopping channels. All of them did this. It's all cancel culture on us. So mm. Mike Lindell, mm. just uh, unfortunate because, to be honest with you, we watched him on Jimmy Kimmel, and he was almost charming. Yeah. yeah. Well, he played the bit. He played yeah. the bit. He like, and he was laughing at himself and at the the general ideas yes. that were behind the comedy. It's too bad. I mean, no. again, you he's a he was a self-made whatever, whatever his politics were. It, it was just he lost his mind. Yeah. When you when you say elections aren't legitimate and you go to great lengths like he did to try and prove it. I mean, mm-hmm. even the latest uh, kerfuffle. He, had he changed re- his entire company around. He wanted to be Dinesh D'Souza. He didn't want to sell pillows anymore. So you don't sell pillows. then. Mm, yeah, exactly. Congratulations. And then he also had that whole like bet with someone online. It was like, right. if you can hack into yes. the system or if you can't, it's, I'll give you $5 million. And then yes. he had to immediately give a guy $5 million because yes. he was wrong. Of course, if you want to watch somebody really take it to Mike Lindell, not that he needs to be taken to anymore, I suppose. <laughs> no. But our boy James Adomian mm-hmm. does probably the greatest Mike Lindell impression of all time. I don't know how many impressionists there are for Mike Lindell. I think it's just James <laughs> But Adomian, James yeah. does the best one, one <laughs> yeah. by a mile. So, all right. Well, speaking of money, we're going to get to uh, some politicians from all sides of uh, the political aisle making Far too much cash considering what their salary is. But let's take it from the other perspective here. When it comes to top donors, DeSantis continues to plummet. Uh, Uh He is sinking faster than a Mickey doll uh, being thrown (laughs) off a cruise ship after a child has a tantrum. (laughs) And it is making people very nervous. The mm-hmm. people who got the cash are like, I'm not going to just throw money at a fucking loser. Right, right. They want an investment that's going to pay off, which, of course, means they're going to get policies mm-hmm. like we saw with Northrop Grumman and like we saw with uh, the uh, the train company. Oh, uh, Norfolk Southern. Norfolk Southern right. as well. They want to put politicians in office that are going to give them the best deal and the most bang for their buck. Mm-hmm. No one just gives you money and doesn't expect to return, which is why our political system has been so corrupted by crony corporate capitalism. Nonetheless, these top donors are looking for somebody else, and it seems as if they're sniffing around Tim Scott. Interesting. Interesting candidate, South Carolina, African-American fella, a Republican, a man who has said that he would do away with abortion completely. Certainly someone who has the ear of the evangelical, right? Mm -hmm. You can Mm -hmm. say what you want about evangelicals. Um, but if you're an evangelical, they don't care what color you are. They right. really do. They right. are. I mean, my parents go to a Haitian church, oh. you know. Now, don't be gay. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's <Right>. different. Um, <laughs> yes. But when it comes to Tim Scott, his ideals do line up with them quite well. Hmm. And it looks as if top donors who, again, saw something in DeSantis are now souring on him. Billionaire businessman Ronald Lauder of the Estee Lauder makeup air. Who, oh. Can you imagine? uh they're just who we're against drag shows. You sell makeup, <laughs> right? Yeah. Your number one target. Okay, wait a minute. Good God. Anyway, uh, he supported Trump in 2020. He recently flew to South Carolina to meet with Tim Scott. Oh, one on one. The one on one. This meeting took place in late June. Mm-hmm. Uh, before this, he had said that he would support DeSantis. And again, as that campaign has just completely spiraled out of control he is now going and speaking with people like tim scott tim scott really could come up within the ranks of the republican party 
And South Carolina is a crucial state yes. for both Democrats and Republicans. Right. So perhaps that's a state that could uh, that could be well represented. It could, uh, you know, really kind of move the needle, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, South Carolina, again, because you're looking at those early primary and early caucus states, uh, once the official process starts, South Carolina is tucked right in there in February. And it was certainly a place where, you know, Donald Trump, I think that's where he got his second win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Cruz won Iowa. Trump in 2016 won New Hampshire and then South Carolina. And that's what really kind of propelled him forward. Marco Rubio was hoping for a big uh, uh, groundswell in South Carolina. And when that didn't happen, it really doomed his campaign. So South Carolina is crucial. Don't forget also Tim Scott's the one other candidate that Trump has actually played nice with. Mm. Right. Where he's like, I actually, I actually like Tim Scott. And he said that when, when Tim Scott announced his campaign and he has not done that service for as many other people usually gives them a, a nickname right away. Yes, he does. So for Tim Scott, you got to wonder, does that open the door to VP? And for these donors, yeah. does that open the door to potential Trump goes to jail and boom, Tim Scott is president on day two. Trump Scott, uh, you know, it sort of alleviates some of the claims uh, of racism from Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps, and Republicans in general. Yeah, perhaps that could be something. Obviously, DeSantis has said that he will not run. Nikki Haley has some baggage with the strangely enough, I don't disagree with her decision, but it is what it is. Taking the Confederate flag down from South Carolina right. made a right. lot of people within right. the Republican base uh, upset. Right. Uh, the statue controversies, mm-hmm. she, she made a lot of people upset. So maybe Tim Scott is the guy, uh, assuming, of course, that Donald Trump will uh, end up getting the nomination as a whole. But maybe right. he does move up in the ranks and it's a Trump Scott ticket. Who knows what that does? Um, so they met at uh, Dan. They met at a restaurant called Daniel Island. <laughs> nothing, not gay. Nothing gay about Daniel <laughs> Island. There, I love to go to Daniel Island. It's right next to Lolita Island. Mm. Um, all the waiter. What's uh, what's the waiter's name? Daniel. You fucking idiot. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're all Daniels. They're all Dan. You got to be a Daniel to work here at <laughs> Daniel Island. Uh, it's just outside of Charleston. They discussed the senator's path to victory. Uh, The two have spoken a few times since their initial meeting. Lauder has declined to comment on the meetings, but he says that they do plan to get together again. Lauder's surveying of the field appears to be sparked by the souring of DeSantis because he gave $200,000 to DeSantis in 2018, and he gave $10,000 to the Super PAC supporting his reelection last year DeSantis has visited this man many many times and um apparently again he's just not doing well enough so that's the billionaire that maybe Tim Scott will get is the man who was attached to the S. De Lauder fortune these people the makeup business is nasty yeah and it's unbelievable that uh, people spend so much fucking money to uh, support this asshole, I could I could really see Tim Scott getting getting a lot more notoriety, especially if he comes out with something substantial that isn't just like reactionary politics, the way you know, like Ron DeSantis and right. you know, well, and, and he did make some news when it comes to again, uh, as we talked about in the last episode with the Supreme Court doing away with affirmative action. Tim Scott's response was then do away with legacy. With legacy. Yeah, except he and AOC. Uh, so that, that actually, realistic. yeah, that actually did. Uh, I think shed a positive light on Tim Scott in some yeah. ways. Yeah. And certainly Again, like, socially conservative up to a fault in my opinion. Very but. much so. Also not married though. So, you know, there is that <laughs> Who knows? There's that Who caveat. knows? It but, always is. He's a bachelor. Uh-huh. South Carolina. South Carolina's already got a lot of bachelors. Hey, South Carolina's already got one, one prominent bachelor senator, <laughs> Mr. Scott. Yes. You need to move along. Him well, biscuits, y'all. Of course. Yeah. Tim's got the junior senator to the senior senator. <laughs> oh, my. And Lindsey Graham. Well, either way, um, like you said, Fernando, that is Tim Scott's tone. He's trying to run a um, uh, moderately a positive yeah. campaign, right? Like he wants to talk about his upward mobility and how he rose out of poverty from a single mother. And, you know, he's a Republican now and he's the only black Republican on the Republican side in yeah. the Senate. So again, he he does stand out. If if I was anybody in the race right now, I would be very nervous about this, about this billionaire going to Tim Scott and not 
you know, my campaign, that would be Nikki Haley. Because Nikki Haley, I right. think, also had that upward more mobility. She served in the Trump administration. She was with the UN, you know, UN ambassador. That's a yeah. big job. But like we talked about on this show, you can't have two candidates on a presidential, vice presidential ticket that are from the same state. Right. right. So it's got to be one or the other for the VP spot. According to Andy Sabin, he's a metal mogul and a Republican contributor. He says, a lot of donors that I've met are all curious and want to meet Tim and see what he's about. And then he goes on. He's the one guy running who's got some personality and charisma. His delivery is terrific. Now, I'm not exactly seeing the charisma. Maybe it doesn't translate on television truly because I find him to be a little ho-hum and a little boring. Yeah. But, again, it's politics and DeSantis was considered attractive for a long time. So it's <laughs> a bizarre world. Right. If so I, we started fingering all that pudding. And <sighs> if, if I'm going to flip and I'm going to decide I'm voting Republican, honestly, it would be someone like Tim Scott. That The fact that he is moderate, the mm-hmm. fact that he's not crazy on the on the TV is, is attractive to me. It right. really is. Yeah. And I'm well, sure I'm not alone. I think right. his policies are a little crazy, but he just presents them in a way that isn't quite as radical perhaps mm, as DeSantis or Donald Trump. I would agree with that too. Good and point. he's not trying to take that that Chris Christie tact Ugh. where it's just like I'm here to take down Trump and it's like all right, you know, Who paint he, a vision of something else. How much is Chris Christie paying to get on all these networks, by the way? Ooh. He is constantly on I, all these trashy honestly, fucking networks. <laughs> he, he's he got to be paying to play on that. I think it's the Lincoln Project just kind of putting him in there. Like, he basically Ugh. is a Lincoln Project candidate where he's he's memes, he's commercials, he's loud, he gets in your face. But then it's like, yeah, you're only doing that on MSNBC. What's it actually going to do? Yeah. I, you see, the thing is, I agree with a lot of what Chris Christie says in terms of anti-Trump and calling him out on the, the rhetoric and calling him out on the hypocrisy. Sure. But it is Chris Christie. It's and Chris he's, Christie. in fact, a hypocrite and oh, also the same. In all the so, ways. In all the ways. So. so, Well, interestingly enough, when it comes to money, the super PAC for Scott, it's a super PAC that's supporting Scott. They said they raised $19.2 million so far Ooh. this year with more than $15 million coming at the end of June. Mm. So if you just look at the money, right, it seems as if he is uh, on an upward trend. Interesting. So maybe it's not just the billionaires who are taking a second look, but it's all those Ron DeSantis, maybe even some Trump, you know, those small donors start shoving their money towards another candidate. They also see Tim Scott as a potential. One of the areas that uh, really did start to turn the tide against DeSantis, according to former Senator Cory Gardner, a Republican out of Colorado, it comes with Ukraine. Uh, that's oh. what it. Uh, that seems to really be one of the areas that DeSantis politically had a misstep. He says, "This is Gardner." He says, "I'd say the first visible fault lines we started to see along this theme was the comment made by DeSantis on Ukraine, and uh, apparently people did not like, I believe, his support." For the efforts against the Russians hmm. in Ukraine. Interesting. So we'll see what happens, but it is definitely not a done deal within the Republican establishment and their choice mm-hmm. for who they want to have as the leader of their party. Of hmm. course, the backdrop of all of this is Trump is still polling over 50%. Oh, yay. yay. We might just be talking about like, you know, who's who's going to be number one at being number two. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Runner up. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, speaking of politicians and uh, people who are just trying to literally buy votes, much like hubba, 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 we are talking about the Joker, 1989. Hubba, hubba, hubba. Unfortunately, this guy, he does look like a supervillain, but he doesn't quite have the jokes. His name is Doug Burgum. Hmm. He is the governor out of North Dakota. Oh. So the North Dakota governor's presidential campaign is offering $20 gift cards if you donate as little as a dollar to his oh, campaign. Oh, nice. Wait so, a minute. I don't know if this is legal. <laughs> well, it's a gray area. Ah, That's what they say. I like it. Gift card, huh? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I mean, I would just do that then. Yeah, I would right. too. Because here's uh, a dollar. Give me twenty dollars. Give me twenty. It works out. If I'm in North Dakota, and I'd be like, that's that's fucking, you know, that's five beers and a steak. And yeah. I just have to push this button that says your name. That's one dollar. Yeah. And then you one get dollar, a you get a dollar. You get a gift card. Probably circles back to a business he owns. I mean, God mm, knows. Yeah. Um. So this is all coming from his campaign coffers. He says it's to help ease the burden of Biden inflation. Oh, I love it. Um, which is actually down right now. Uh, the Burgum campaign 
uh, they have a thing called the Win Red page. It indicated gift cards would be available for up to 50,000 donors, enough to make the August debate stage at the cost of $950,000. So in order to be in the debate, which is probably why our politicians are so corrupt, you got to have at least a million bucks. Uh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. <sighs> anyway, is that the right way to do debates? I don't know. Is that really the way that we want to have a discussion on policy and issue? That's democracy. You don't have enough money to be <laughs> on a debate stage. Right. <laughs> anyway, so the campaign, if all donors give $1, they say they'll be able to make it. His campaign said on Twitter that 50,000 people who donated re- would receive Visa or MasterCard gift cards. Seems like a conflict of interest there, but yeah. nonetheless, <laughs> like a lot. Um, the total amount this may cause Burgum and his campaign to reach 40,000 donors is about, holy shit, uh, what are they saying? It'll be well, a couple million, but he's worth a billion. Hmm. Oh, got it. So got I it. guess it's fine for him. It's just a small calculating error. Well, Well, okay, if he's a billionaire, then him spending a million dollars is like us going to grab Thai food. Sure. You know what I mean? To him, yeah, yeah. this is nothing. Right. So so to us, it's kind of crazy. Why would you give $20 to someone who gave you $1? Right. But if you're a billionaire and you got pocket change and you're trying to win an election, this is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's a little bit Andrew Yangish. It's, oh, well, it's of Andrew Yangish again. Honestly, yeah. Bloomberg was the guy who just threw in hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in his shitty campaign in 2020. And it literally oh, was like yeah. he was paying people to essentially, you know, he was trying to corner the market on campaign workers in every state by paying them way too much. And then, you know, at some point, it's like you're paying your volunteers, you're just paying people to vote for you. Yeah, it is true. And there's something very shystery about it, isn't yeah. it? Oh, it's yeah. also like, yeah. they'll do it. They'll vote for me if I give them 20 bucks. These people are fucking morons. But at the same time, if I donate to a campaign. Get 19 bucks back? I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, yeah, sometimes you get a t-shirt, you get a hat. That stuff is allowed. It's just the idea of you donate and we're sending you money, but it's in a card form. It's just, it, From it Visa walks or MasterCard. Yeah. According to spokesperson Lance Trover. Doug knows people are hurting because of Biden inflation. Okay. And giving, well, Biden, again. giving Biden economic relief. So they're calling them the Biden economic relief gift cards. I mean, it's also because you, you're living in North Dakota. Sounds kind of hard. Yeah. He says this is going to help 50,000 people until Doug is elected president to fix this crazy economy for oh, everyone, which ironically enough, isn't really the job of the president. Right. <laughs> uh, it also allows us to secure a spot on the debate stage. There uh, you go. That's uh, what it's about. Bearing the lead. Well, avoiding to pay for advertising fees on social media platforms. There it is. So they mm. don't want to pay for advertising. Uh, again, I don't. it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, instead, they're just going to go. And give you a twenty dollars gift card if you donate a buck. So, if you're if, donate a buck, donate. I a don't buck. think that when people see Burgum, they're going to be that awestruck. <laughs> <laughs> you don't uh. think they'll, they'll catch Doug fever? Uh, yeah, yeah. Burgum fever. Burgum fever. It does sound like something you get if on the Oregon can't Trail. Him, break them. I don't know. I guess <laughs> so. But this does remind me. You're right. They've had this caveat for Democrat and Republican debates, where if you're a candidate and you raise a certain amount of money, you're allowed on the stage. That's why in 2020, so many Republicans kept donating to Marianne Williamson yes. so they could make sure she was on every single debate stage with you know all the other establishment <laughs> candidates. So it works. I mean, I, I liked her on there. I'm glad she was up there. Because she said, we need a foreign policy based on love. Oh, yeah. And then she smashed a car window. <laughs> but that tells, that tells you she can do a boat. She right. does a boat. Right. right, right. That's what you want. Unpredictable. Madman. We're, we're calling this campaign Mommy Dearest. <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. 
Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's move on to some more corrupt money in politics. So we mentioned this guy briefly on an episode. His name is Mayor uh, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez. Uh, the first time I saw him, I just saw a picture. I thought he was kind of handsome. And then I saw him speak, and he's weird looking. It's that lizard. What, what is that? There's always something wrong with them. Man, well, it's the Florida guys. They're down there in Florida too long. They turned into lizards. <laughs> yeah. So Half gator, half man, half meth. There's a lot, of, a lot of money to be made when you're the Miami mayor. So he's supposed oh, to be yeah. making 126 grand a year, oh, right? No. But good. he decided to convert that into crypto. Oh, so okay. now his net worth is 3.5 million. Oh, wow. So Suarez was able to pay off almost 1.7 million in debt from the end of 2021. He also acquired new real estate properties and a $235,000 boat. Hmm. So it's good business being the mayor in Miami. I guess so. So he is, uh, again, still running, I guess, for president, hmm. um, although his campaign, again, has been slow, slow going at this point. Well, it grows slow like crypto. Yeah. Suarez yeah. worked as a lawyer at Quinn, Emanuel, Urquhart and Sullivan since 2021. That's when he won re-election and uh, the firm opened a Miami office. Hmm. So he's definitely got uh, some big time clients. The clients include Elon Musk. Hmm. And uh, Ken Griffin's Citadel, who was a billionaire, billionaire Ken Griffin's Citadel. Hmm. Griffin donated $1 million to Suarez in March. That's what filing show. Hmm. So uh, he's got some big time donors as well. That's right, it's crazy. amazing. Everyone has to have a billion. You have to have a billionaire. You got to have a billionaire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if you don't. You're the pawn, and then the billionaire is the man with the hands that yeah. moves you around. Yeah. But he you puts you on the board. That's it, 100%. Everyone had it, all, going all the way back. I mean, 2016, John Kasich had his billionaire and uh, Sheldon Adelson, the old That's uh, right. The old Vegas uh, whatever, hotel guy. The mogul. Yeah. So it's like, just pick one, and as long as you got your one, you're good to go from So there. we know lawyers are scumbags in some ways until you need one, mm. in which case I'll take a good one. Thank oh. you so much. Mm-hmm. But even worse than being a lawyer, he's been a real estate lawyer. Oh. And that's what Suarez was. Yeah. Huh. So Suarez, he hasn't responded to any requests uh, about these relationships. He did say, however, in June, I don't see anything that presents a conflict other than my time and energy. Mm. What? So, I, I don't know. Not my uh, boat and my crypto holdings. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he's got a lot of side jobs. The Miami Herald newspaper, uh, they broke a story about how in uh, 2021, uh, a developer claimed to pay Suarez $170,000 uh -oh. in order to be able to develop in South Florida. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. So why but are people being evicted? Well, yeah. that's one of the reasons. Interesting, because you can't accept that money as a mayor. But if you have your side business as a real estate agent, right. load it on up, baby. Absolutely. The Miami mayor is traditionally viewed as a part-time job. Which is interesting. That is very uh, this, of course, $126,000 a year part-time job. Oof, I'll take that's it. a nice job. Well, also, I believe that this is similar to like Knoxville County and Knoxville, Tennessee. I sure, believe there's actually right. two different mayors, right. one yeah. for the county and one for the city. And I believe he is city. Right. I believe he's Miami. So he's right, the right, smaller right, or the right, bigger? Right. I believe he's the smaller. Okay. Right. Because um, Miami-Dade is a different mayor. Yes. And that's much larger. Yeah. Because that's going to Dade County and things of that nature. Interesting. So uh, South Florida's tiered government structures generally means that the county mayor reigns supreme, leaving city mayors, to answer our question, uh, with more limited power. Mm. Now, Suarez has become nationally known as a cheerleader for Miami. It's actually ringing sort of what I was expressing when I ran for Brooklyn Borough President. Right, cheerleader for the borough. Um, of course, much like Eric Adams, Suarez has taken this position and made himself very, very wealthy yes. by, again, taking almost $200,000 from developers. And again, I would assume that means they're going to develop. And in order to develop in a place where people already exist, yep. you better tear down that building and kick those grannies out. Oh, yeah. And again, with Suarez's background as a real estate lawyer, he knows all the ins and outs of doing mm -hmm. that. You need people kicked out? I can help you. You need some property? Hey, I'm the mayor. We'll rezone that for you. Right. It, it, you know, the limited powers, but the emphasis on the word powers. They yeah. still have them. Yeah, exactly. And Miami is uh, you know, no shrinking violet. It's always been a popular place and um, and i would say 
New York, Los Angeles, and Miami's in that area. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, of giant cities, of just yeah. giant places that are cool and historic in a in a cultural sense. Miami's, you know, it represents America in a unique way. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he went there to make himself rich. Obviously, if you're putting yeah. that much money in crypto, then you know right. what you're doing with taxes. Well, you really know what you're doing. Sure, yeah. and running yeah. for president, as we've just covered, if you get your billionaire, you get your super PAC. It's also a great way to raise money and raise name ID again. If he's looking for an eventual Senate. Or governor run after DeSantis is done. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a great way to do it. Even if you're just a lowly mayor, look at what happened to Mayor Pete. He's Secretary Pete now. Yeah. He's moved on up. Absolutely. Also, when it comes to profiting off of popularity, Ron DeSantis, uh, he made back in 2021, he ended his year with a net worth of 319000 uh, after his memoir got a $1.25 million advance from HarperCollins. Wow. Did anyone fucking read the Ron DeSantis memoir? No, because even people went to the bookstore to try to buy it. Um, Ron DeSantis was so weird to them. Like, you had to buy the book to talk to him, but Ugh. then after they talked to him, people were just like, eh. I don't want to read this book. I don't want to read it. What the fuck do I give a shit? I want to return this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on with more uh, politicians who are earning a bunch of money. This is from the Democrat side. Oh, uh, a centrist, to say the least. Hmm. Joe Manchin, the third. Oh, yeah. So Joe Manchin has earned four hundred and seventy six thousand in twenty twenty two from his family's coal company. Mm. So let's never forget where his uh, bread is buttered. Yeah, absolutely. It's buttered with coal. And this again. <laughs> When we wonder why he got the carve-outs and in the omnibus bill and the debt ceiling bill, this is why. So Manchin and other members of the West Virginians' four-member delegation have reviewed uh, his money. Manchin's stake in Enter Systems Inc. It's a coal mining operation run by his son, Joseph Manchin, the fourth. Mm. It represents the most valuable asset in his portfolio. The senator reportedly owns non-public stock worth between one and five million. That's like a lot. A That's lot. a lot of in between. Yeah. One million or five million. It's a big range. It's non-public. We, he doesn't have to say, right? Enter no. Systems Just also Enter Systems also paid Manchin again, as I said, four hundred and seventy-six thousand uh, dollars in twenty twenty-two. Uh, Manchin's position, of course, is uh, he is in the Senate Energy Committee, uh, which, of course, makes coal industry ties, quote, a classic case study for conflict of interest in Congress. Mm. That is according to Dylan Hetler Gaudet, a congressional ethics expert and watchdog group project on government oversight. According to Gaudet, they say, or Hedler Gaudet, they say it is a very clear and uh, unambiguous conflict of interest. Mm. He's a very powerful member of Congress. He's the chair of the committee, which makes him even more powerful. Mm. And he has the ability to impact specifically the industry that happens to be heavily invested in him personally. Yeah. What a coincidence. Wow. Right. The call is coming from the coal mine in this case. That's incredible. I mean, Joe Manchin, obviously, him and his family, they've been in politics a long time in West Virginia. Yeah. He was governor for years and years of West Virginia before he was their senator. And so these kind of conflicts of interest have always popped up. And it's popped up with his Republican successor, Jim Justice, the fellow who picked up his dog and uh, said, kiss up, kiss baby's ass, baby dog, baby dog. And he's named, now he's named a park after baby dog as well, I believe. Oh, no, but nice. he is also heavily invested in the coal industry in West Virginia. I'm sensing a a, a pattern here, if you will, in West Virginia politics. If you're a coal baron, you're going to do well in politics. There is certainly a double standard when it comes to the people in power, according to a mansion spokesperson, they say the senator is compliant with all, quote, legal standards. Ooh. Sure. Doesn't mean it's right. They say throughout the entirety of Senator Manchin's public service career, public service, thank you. Oh, thank you for <laughs> your public service. service. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. He has always been in full compliance with Senate ethics and financial disclosure rules. So maybe the rules need to change. Exactly. Oh, imagine that. That'd be really something. Of course, in 2021, he announced he would not support a $2 trillion climate and social policy proposal by Dems. Um, and of course, he did this for a whole series of reasons. That he made up, but the real reasons is it's going to hurt good, clean coal, right? Which is just yeah. going to hurt his family, his bottom line. It's going to hurt his bottom line. So it's pretty simple at the end of the day, at least. 
Yeah, right. You know exactly how he's going to vote. Yeah, right. It's pretty simple. Right. Not even, right. A to B. You got, right. Not you got even. a conflict of interest? All right. We get it now. Yes, Thank you. Right, right. Well, here's a bunch of money for coal. Well, Joe's in. Okay. That's how it works. <laughs> and I think ironically enough, even from the flip side of that, I believe that's the, there was a, um, the pipeline supposed to be going through. Right. Oh, they put that exclusively they, in the debt ceiling <laughs> yeah, bill. Yep. And they put it in there before it went to the Senate because they knew that was the only way they'd get the Senate to pass it because that's how you get Joe's vote. Right. So- that's why they had it in there already, because they had no time to ship it back to the House and play games with this pipeline. It was written in in the House version so the Senate would pass it. Oh, and that's because of Mr. Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin. So there you go. It's bipartisan. All right. Well, let's stick with someone else who is on the left side of the aisle. Uh-oh. Sonia Sotomayor. She's oh. a Supreme Court justice. This is almost, I feel like this, maybe we... Okay, mm, this will be controversial. <gasps> should we just pay them more so then they don't have to fucking do all this side shit? Ooh, they should. Everything should be free for them. That way they cannot be bought. I agree, Ben. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, it's so two different things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so hmm. in two thousand and seven, I mean, they could just also well, not be corrupt. They so, could not. Yes, that's true too. For, I feel like for almost two centuries we were fine with. Not corrupt. Maybe you don't agree with them, but they weren't corrupt. They weren't bought off. Ugh, I'm, so. I'm assuming crash position because I really, Ketanji Jackson and Sotomayor, I have them in this, like, I, I'm not I'm not trying to pedestal them, sure. but I just hope they're less corrupt. They are on a pedestal, literally. Yeah. They, that's the Supreme Court. Yeah. <sighs> what are you about to ruin for me, Ben? Here well, we in go. 2007, uh, <laughs> Sotomayor's total investments was between 50 and 115,000. Okay, pretty, pretty reasonable there. In 2008, Sotomayor's financial disclosure shows she had... Uh, the same two assets, totaling 15000 65000 right? Okay. Just normal, almost working class. Mm-hmm. In 2021, her investments totaled between $1.5 million and $6.4 million. Oh. So I, is that the window is $5 million that you have to- You, you got to- Be within $5 million? Right. To That's even, it? To even- I'm just going to assume that she has more of the $6.4 million than the one point five. Right, million. right. We're on the- yeah, you know, we're on the top end. So, sort yeah. of, sort of my year's yearly salary is one hundred and eighty thousand. Um, she supplemented that with some, crypto. No, not with crypto, <laughs> but she did supplement some. She was getting twenty five thousand dollars a year to teach. Okay, so, okay, so that's not okay. so bad. Um, we're still not at a million. No, and then currently members of the high court can make two hundred and eighty five thousand, except for the chief justice, they make three hundred thousand. So a lot of people are wondering where this money is coming from. Hmm. And it looks like it is difficult to tell. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. They're all doing it. Mysterious money. Kinda she like, had her book. Yeah. So apparently that may have been some. She got uh, Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch. Um, he got a book deal as well. So I guess that's where she but got. Are books really making people dollar? rich? A million because this is what deal? happened to Bernie Sanders. Well, Amy Coney, so Amy Coney Barrett received a two million dollar advance for her forthcoming book. I guess that's believable. Okay, that's believable. Who's that, reading that fucking book? I don't know. A Who's reading million, any of these books? No one read. I hate to break it to y'all. What? I know. No one reads books? <laughs> TikTok is big now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Where's my TikTok advance? So it does seem as if it was an advance. But what's interesting is there was also a lawsuit regarding Random House that none of these judges uh, have recused themselves from. Oh. oh And they all got deals from and Random they House? Book pub- they all, they all they got books. book published. Yeah. They all got their books published. They're in with Big Book. $2 million advance is fucking insane. That's Anyone who's ever been an author will be like, if you get a $2 million advance, wow. That it, is, to it, me, it's like money laundering. Right, right. Um, Books are a loss. And there was no no word if they had to pay that back or every, uh, you know, it's different rules. Basically, it's however you you and your lawyers can carve it out. And they're Supreme Court justices. Right. So I would assume <laughs> they have some pretty good, good lawyers. lawyers. <laughs> yeah. It's just... Yeah, to be honest, again, I actually maybe set set it for four hundred thousand dollars a year, but you're not allowed to take anything. Hmm. You can't live off of that, right? Right. right. There's something wrong with because, you because you know one hundred eighty five grand. I could see them being like, "Ho hum, I'm one of the nine most powerful people in the world." But right. then I just pull a clearance and have you go buy a house for my my mom or have right. you put my cousin, right, right, I mean right. my son, in school. I mean, and they can't write books. That should be another rule. They're they're right too busy writing decisions. Your decisions are your books. <laughs> yeah, point, honestly, we're paying you already as taxpayers. Who's reading a book about Amy Coney Barrett? Sonia Sotomayor maybe a little bit more historic. 
I get it. Uh, maybe that'll move some white women to purchase it. Um, but Amy Coney Barrett? I mean, if you're... What the fuck well, do Neil I give Gorsuch? a shit? What's Neil Gorsuch Neil writing Gorsuch? about? At least Kavanaugh will have a spicy chapter. Yeah, you will. Aww. At least one that just says, I like beer. Oh, this <laughs> one's about I like me liking beer. <laughs> I like beer. That's the name of the book. I like beer. Honestly, I'd read the that four, book. The foreword is by Toby Keith. Okay. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. All right. Well, and just lastly, when it comes to uh, money... Um, well, let's actually talk about that on the next episode. I want to talk about California spending billions on homelessness. Yep. And the problem has just gotten worse. Absolutely. They sure. spent $17.5 billion to try to combat homelessness. And people are just taking the money. And I almost think they're creating more homeless people. Yep. Hmm. Um, and there's a lot of reasons behind that. One of them is they're constantly trying to raise taxes on uh, people's homes. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you bought a house in 1970 for 40 grand, you've lived there since. They want to tax you as w for what the real estate cost of that ta of that house is now. Yes. A.K.A. you're kicked the fuck out. Yeah. It, because that house is probably $4 million now. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And uh, so there's just a lot of reasons why the homeless um, epidemic is happening. And uh, 17 billion bucks. I'd like to know where that money went. Because hmm. uh, it hasn't, again solved any of the problems affordable housing would be nice but i right. guess that's not possible because we got too many different mayors and people in power with huge ties to corporate real estate corporate landlords also shouldn't yes. be allowed thank mm. you ben thank you bunch of fucking <laughs> scumbags right. but anyway let's talk about that on the next episode yeah I sure like, i feel like we got in good today we got yeah. a good time going mm -hmm. um we'll be back later on this week so mm -hmm. give you something to chew on for the weekend and we will also, let's see here, I'm going to be in San Francisco on Sunday. Cobb's Comedy Club. So come on out to that, and then Las Vegas the next Sunday. And Wise then, Guys Comedy Club. And then uh, the 30th is... July 30th is Ontario Improv. There we go. So that's Can't right wait over to here around LA. And thanks to everyone who came out in San Diego. Oh, you were all so were just fun. so wonderful. And You're thank you for good. the t-shirt. I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Packages by Expedia. You were made to be rechargeable. We were made to package flights, hotels, and hammocks for less. Expedia. Made to travel.